Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. We've got a voicemail from some guy named Spencer, I don't know, never heard of him, about a couple of past episodes. Hey, Greg and everybody. It is your long-lost friend, Spencer. Uh, Just a couple of comments about Unpronounceable and this microphone, although I don't have any comments on this microphone specifically. Um, I just wanted to highlight a line from... Uh, unpronounceable. You guys mentioned it a little bit, but didn't get into quite as much detail as I thought you might. Um, and I just, uh, I just really love this line or the last portion of this section. A depression on the sofa and over time it flattens out, but I am still depressed. The use of the word depressed there, I think is absolutely genius because obviously it's talking about the depression in the sofa, but also the depression in the person's brain, which I resonate very much with um, every once in a while. And then, just real quick, you guys mentioned the Savoy Truffle cover in the This Microphone episode. Uh, I somehow found that song years ago. I don't remember where it was, but I love that cover, um, partly just because it's got a, I think, it has a bass sax in there. And uh, if anybody knows me, they know that I love the, the big, low saxes. So I just love the sound of that. Savoy Truffle cover. Also, just the song by the Beatles in general is awesome. Uh, that's all I got. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for calling in, Spencer. Anybody can leave me a voicemail at 224-801-2930. Get your thoughts on the mailbag segment. see you come in uh are we ready to jump in yeah welcome to this might be a podcast the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time they might be giants i am your host greg simpson and i'm here uh with a a couple of parents to talk about a kid's song i'm here with kurt and denise schiller to talk about the song i am a paleontologist off of here comes science i love digging in the dirt with just a pick and brush finding fossils is my aim so i'm never in a rush cause the treasures that i seek are rare and ancient things like the lost raptor's jaw or archaeopteryx's wings now all the kills Wanna see 'em all lining up, and I'll use 
welcome to the show, both of you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, super, super psyched to be on. Super psyched to talk about They Might Be Giants and science yeah. and paleontology, which is a science. To talk about, yeah, Kurt, you mean to talk about them more because I, people, if you didn't listen to the bonus episode, parents just don't understand podcast I appeared on, talked about just a whole swath of They Might Be Giants kids songs and all about just kids music and stuff um go listen to that and go subscribe to uh the podcast that these two co-hosts um so denise i have not talked to you much other than our jabbering before we officially hit record um thanks thanks for being on the show (laughs) thanks for having us um uh i am a scientist by profession um yeah here comes science here comes denise yeah here comes science so um when you walk into work do you go here comes science uh, science is real bitch no 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 one thinks i'm cool at work um but well maybe if you said that they would kayla thinks i'm cool my four-year-old and i take so much joy out of pointing out to her that literally everything is science Baking is science. That's why I'm horrible at it. Weather is science. Music is science. Everything is science. I even argued with Jehovah Witnesses nice. about electrons because that's what I believe in. The house of Newton. What? Everything is energy. It just moves around. She's currently she's currently waving a pen in my face right now with like some Oh like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You know, you, you got the whole deal. If only you were wearing the white lab coat. I mean, you already got some cool looking glasses. You got the glasses. You've got a pen in your hand ready to go. Do you have written notes? Yeah. Do you have written notes for this episode? I do. <laughs> and highlighted. Oh, wow. You are. A, you're, I did research. I research. I, I, uh, I researched the names of the different dinosaurs that are listed in the song. So. Kurt, I think we bar- basically married the same woman. It's just one was in the humanities and one's in the sciences. <laughs> this is like, man, because I've had her on two episodes. She's going to be on the nanobots episode, actually, talking about science. Those things are fucking crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she was on Dr. Worm. Uh, Cara was on Dr. Worm. And um, I like fun, as in the title track. And it's it's so fun. I remember that was the third episode the Dr. Worm episode. And I want to know if you guys have gotten this, uh, this feedback. Someone, um, I don't know if it was on Twitter or an email or something like that early on, this was episode three. They're like, you and your guests really had good chemistry. I'm like, we're married. <laughs> I mean, I would hope we're not like sounding like strangers sitting down here at the desk in the basement, like talking about a dumb song that our uh, band covered. Dumb song, the best song ever, but a, a, a song that is, uh, loved by first graders and uh, me alike. Our our daycare actually um, asked us if we wanted to uh, make some podcast content, um, like, like educational really? content, yeah. Contin- some kind of like a state. education content. Very nice. Yeah. Wait, did they shut um, down your daycare? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they you did. Know, the, the, yes, they okay, did. Okay, so the Indiana state governor um asshole named holcomb something rather i don't remember his first name i ignore him um you know it's a red state as of midnight tonight yeah as of a couple hours from now um like shutting down fucking everything you know except for essential services and on the list of essential services daycares were on there so daycares will not be shut down um is yours a well who runs the daycare is it um so I do have some feedback on that. Yeah. So um so in Pennsylvania, daycares that are associated with a hospital 
are still open, but they are only open to hospital employees. Hmm. So like for some reason it like my coworkers have kids that go to the St. Mary's hospital daycare center. Uh-huh. They aren't hospital employees, so mm. their kids can't go to school there, but the doctors and the nurses that work there can still use the daycare. That's why I don't, that's a because weird they're decision. essential. I mean, I, they they need to be on their yeah. jobs. Okay, so since they are essential, the daycare is essential to them. I see. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So we actually just did an episode of of our podcast um, where we were talking uh, with a uh, professional childcare worker who is uh, a, a nanny or a manny. He yeah. he calls himself that. <laughs> okay. Um, that, that that is not not my my appellation. Uh, and um, he is in Seattle, and he is still working because he is he is a a private nanny. Um, but we 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 talked extensively ab- ab- about you know the impact that uh, COVID nineteen and the response to it is having on the parenting and childcare world. You know we are we are currently splitting our days and have shifted our hours so that yeah. you know each of us can parent for half the day and work for half the day. But as a result, you know us and everyone we know who is still able to work. Um, and relied on either the public school system or licensed daycares or, or some form of you know organized childcare that wasn't that was out of the home is presently having to come up with some arrangement. Yeah. So it's you know it's it's chaos. It is it is we are in never before seen territory mm-hmm. where suddenly the organized the you know, childcare systems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's, been it's, a while it's not like we have the had system. a plague. You know, um, yeah, exactly. Thank God for the internet because we can actually communicate with people in other countries and stuff like that uh, without sailing across the ocean. Well, and our (laughs) our neighbor made a. um, I'm gonna just say that it's probably a sexist related comment about Uh like, what are you gonna do because Amazon's gonna run out of stuff and they're not gonna restock and what are you gonna do because you order stuff from Amazon and I just wanted to like roll my eyes. So he was saying this directly to you or like to a group people? Yeah, well, he always he always has comments about our packages, but. Oh, right okay. now, like we order things, we shop online because guess what? We have two young children, we have two full time jobs. So right now, we are two humans <laughs> maintaining three point five full time jobs. <laughs> Who has time to go to the grocery store? Who has time? Oh man! I'll How do tell you, you figure it out? You guys should check out this imperfect foods that my wife found. So like, um, it's it. Our zip code is not eligible. Oh, so you've looked into that. Because yeah. there's also like Misfits Market or something, and I because mm. I checked both of those out, and our zip code is not eligible. Because the ones I'm going to do a only... plug right now and yeah, and, and say that you know if if you are a person who relies on some kind of childcare that you still have have access to, or you're a person who relies on some kind of shopping service like Instacart or whatever, make sure you are tipping the heck out of those people because mm-hmm. they are putting their lives at yeah. risk right now to get you your groceries and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, show them, show them some love that their uh, devilish company is not going to show them. So. Yeah, you know, my friend uh, Dana, who's been on the podcast a bunch of times, amazing violinist, she was on the recent uh, They'll Need to Crane live episode. She lives in Terre Haute, Indiana, and she works at a paint store 
Mm-hmm. Hardware stores are considered essential as far as the governor is concerned. And the, the, oh. the higher ups consider themselves a hardware store. So she still has to be there to sell paint to some very important paint to people. She is pissed and scared about all this. People are coming in and buying all of their masks, the masks that painters wear. Yeah. Oh. They're like out of masks. So she's, I, I mean, it sounds like not that many people are coming in because people probably assume that they're closed. Um, but she is not very happy about having to go in. Um, and yeah, has, I can imagine yeah. we, we have a, we have a local friend who works for Home Depot in the flooring department. And she was like, we can't just like operate under reduced staff or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I have a but friend yeah. who's a manager, actually, actually a guy whose band I've recorded, uh, and have collaborated with a bunch. He's, uh, a, a manager, one of the top guys at a local Menards. And, um, do you guys even have Menards by you? I mean, it's, har- no. it's a hardware store. So, I mean, they're as big as the Home Depots and Lowe's and stuff around here. Um, and yeah, we had one in Texas that I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of a middle, middle of the America, the kind of thing. And so, he so they're staying open because they're essential and the problem is that people are scared and are either quitting or not showing up to work or like taking all their personal days and he is working more because then he has to cover them as the manager he's like trying to run shit and everyone like he doesn't want to be open they can't unionize it's a whole it's a goddamn mess yeah. Um, and I yeah. would even go so far as to like add on to what Kurt says is just like literally anyone in the service industry. Um, I canceled my haircut appointment because I'm I'm looking a little shaggy. Um, I'll say. But I, I, still, <laughs> I still went ahead and I sent my hairstylist like what I would normally pay because oh, guess wow. what? Those people are all like considered independent contractors. If yeah, they can't do their job. They can't file for unemployment. Yeah, and yeah, so. and I, mean, I cut my own hair. Like survive on the tips anyway. Just like uh, I cut my own hair too. <laughs> I'm just so lazy. Kurt, you cannot cut my hair. Let's let's talk about a happy song. What do you think? Let's talk about a great band first. Let's uh, let's transition away from the end of times to the end of the dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> why like why that? are the ocean waters rising up though? Yeah, the, the late crustacean. <laughs> yeah, so um, let's talk. So Kurt and I have talked a little bit, um, just a tiny bit. Uh, but for people who did not listen to that, uh, this is the second half of the crossover series with parents just don't understand. Uh, let's, uh, yeah. I mean, both of you can share your stories. I'm not sure uh, who came to the band first, or if you found them. I mean, I don't know how long you guys have been together. If you found the band together, what's 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 the story with uh, each of your fandoms? Whoever would like to uh, start. Denise, did you did you know about the band before before we? So we've been together for about thirteen years, um, almost almost fourteen. Um, did you did did you know about the band before we started dating? I don't think no? so. Uh, when I moved to Pennsylvania and around the time we started dating. Um, I was still into like my like uh, super indie folky like yeah like who um, because I was a college radio DJ and I I was like ah, I'm too cool for mainstream and then Kurt we went to that concert so so hold on hold on I'm gonna yeah. guess here I'm gonna guess okay so wait wait what tell, first tell me what years were you in college probably around the same, the same time as me um 2002 through 2007. 
Okay, so like early Animal Collective, when they actually play guitars. Yeah? Yeah, okay. Uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. Uh, yeah. Uh, Devendra Banhart. Nope. No? Mm-hmm. Bro- really? Man, like the, the freakiest of the freak <laughs> folk. Um, what about... Um, oh, what's that band that just put out their reunion record? Um, well, Iron and Wine? Yeah. What, are they, what did you listen to? Those are all the coolest folk bands that were around <laughs> then. Um, what? <laughs> Velvet Underground. Well, that's not folk. Uh, you said folk. Well... Yeah, I don't know. We had... Uh, well, Nico's stuff is kind of like folk a little yeah. bit. Well, yeah, if you go to like, you know, Chelsea Girls, which is a fucking amazing record, um, thanks to Jackson Brown and Lou Reed mostly, but her voice is amazing. But um, Yeah, her voice I is mean, awesome. the first, I mean, the first Velvet Underground record is, you know, a lot of people claim that it's the first punk record. I mean, you're talking about like droning violas, but it's not a folk record. It's like full of feedback and like caveman drums cavewoman drums Mo Tucker um, mad props we got a lot of uh, unsigned CDs so I spent so many weekends just listening to CDs figuring out if any of this was like usable playable content Um, I was also um, a really I was such a big fan of Weezer that my show was called In the Garage (laughs) for all three years I was doing it my favorite (laughs) folk band Weezer so. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite major label indie folk band weezer no weezer's great um so they have been you know ever since say, matt sharp left uh you know he was the secret sauce there but they they still have had mm-hmm. some good stuff maladroit rules i'm like the only guy that likes make believe i think i love that album just take beverly hills off the front and it is fucking amazing record <laughs> why would you put that up front it's like he's just trying to like tank his own band i don't understand Anyway, um, I'm the Matt Damon, maybe. I don't know if I'm quite the Matt Damon of that sketch. I'm maybe the, the so, Leslie. Uh, yeah. Suffice to say, she was she she was not familiar with They Might Be Giants. That's, that's what um, I'm getting. I was, yeah. I was listening to deeply uncool music when we started dating. Um, I think that my two favorite bands at the time were... Um, Adam and his package, and I did actually see that you had you dude, had dude. you had Adam Gorin on, dude. I'm a Philly guy, so he, you know, dude, dude. Do not say deeply uncool music and then say Adam's package. I will come over there if 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 I was allowed to travel. <laughs> I think I think they're cool. Okay, okay. Then then the the next two that I was gonna say is uh, Sage Francis, who I really like as a rapper, yeah. but but not like not like the. Like not super cool, uh, yeah, and then yeah. uh, Dragon Force, who yeah. I have seen like three times. <laughs> yeah, extremely oh, uncool. Man. Extremely uncool. That, well, um, I mean, those are three very, very different acts, man. Okay, well, I gotta, you know, this will. I'm trying to decide when this episode will release. I'm way ahead. I'm trying to decide if I want to let you guys jump the queue, but either way, I think <laughs> I can tell you, and I can, I can send you a little sneak peek MP3. Um, Adam and I, if you haven't heard it, Adam and I collaborated. I helped him put out his first song in 15 years. Did you hear our cover of Montana, the John Linnell song? No, no, I did not. It got 2,000 streams in a weekend, because when we posted about it on Punk News, people lost their shit. And he realized that it's not just me. People want to hear him again. So we collaborated on Montana, uh, which is an amazing song off of John Linnell's 1999 state song solo album. Um... And he play he did the drum programming and some of the synths. I did uh, most of the bass and uh, cording synths. 
he did lead vocals, I did backup vocals, and he did guitar. And it was like fucking like a surreal experience for me. And we did that and then did a, he did an exclusive for me too about a few tracks off of state songs. And he's going to be on the Boat of Car episode, and we have started collaborating on that track as well, because we had already been... That's amazing. We had already been talking about... Because um, he's like basically in Comunicano, because he's a teacher. He is a chemistry and mm-hmm. physics teacher, uh, high school teacher. Yep. And yeah, very smart dude, and very hilarious, and just so nice. And so we had been talking, and he's like, he's got a couple kids that are, that are teenagers, and so he's busy. And he said, well, hey, you know, around spring break, let's talk. Maybe we could clever on something else. And then, so we got two teachers, and we're like, so, uh, Adam, we're kind of on this, like, indefinite spring break kind of thing. You want to <laughs> do some stuff? So I'm, like, trying, I'm, I'm hoping we can do, like, a whole, like, little EP of TMBG covers. And Boat of Car, if you aren't familiar, is one of the weirdest fucking tracks on the first album. And it has no percussion on it, no drum, no drum machine or anything. I have I warped the tempo of the original and upped it by like 30 BPM and then did like a <laughs> punk beat along with it and I sent it to him. So it's going to be an Animus package, more like, maybe more like an Armalite song. I don't know. It'll be some sort of like mash of, you know, it'll be real drums, real guitar, but lots of synth. And then he'll, he'll do leads again and I'll do backups. And it's going to be amazing. I'll probably do the, jo- That's I'll amazing. Probably do the Johnny Cash sample. Daddy will sing bass. Because I don't think he could <laughs> sing that low if he tried. He's got a very high voice. Um, so, so yeah, Animus Package rules, and he is deeply cool. Not uncool. He is deeply cool, but he is a He is nerd. deeply cool. It's a cool band. A cool I nerd. am uncool for, for being as into that band as I am. So that is okay, amazing. I will allow uh, that. You're, 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 you are a hero <laughs> for, for getting more Adam and his package <laughs> content out there. But So my history with They Might Be Giants, yeah. I'll try not to rehash too much of what I said no, it's okay. on, if, on, if people, on our podcast, yeah. but... Yeah, go ahead. Um, my dad, uh, growing up, made a point of being like, check out this music, check out this music, check out this music. I remember when I was probably like 10 or 11, uh, we were driving along in the car and uh, we would listen to like classic rock radio and The Clash came on and he, uh, it was a, a Rock the Casbah and he, and he said, wait, wait, wait. Stop talking. Listen to this song. You're gonna love this band. And he he Kids, did stuff like that shut all the up. time. And and my dad was born in uh, 1949. And he he up until probably like the late 90s, early 2000s, honestly, even still to an extent, tried to keep up with popular music. And so um, we had the like Columbia Record Club. Um, membership that we keep that we kept signing up for and then nice. dropping and then signing up for so you kept see so you kept getting the like the the two or three free ones over and over and over again right. um, and one of the ones that we got that was a new release was uh, flood and he would he was very involved with like the local musician scene and so I, I think that they might be giants at the time I think was very much a, a musician's band yeah like musicians knew about them he also got me into Primus for much the same reason yeah, did you grow up um, in Philly because, like, I mean you said you're an East Coaster did you grow up in Philly then I grew up in Philly okay. yes yeah yeah um and he was he 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 worked in uh Manhattan for for pretty much my entire life and so he was also very plugged into like the 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 local music scene in you know New York and and so I I think he he was aware of they might be giants and we listened to Flood over and over and over again when I was a kid um, so you mentioned uh, a lot of people came into them 
um, through Tiny Toon Adventures, of which I, I was a big fan. However, um, when they when they came on with uh, the cover or the it wasn't a cover, it was it, well, I, Istanbul is a cover, but yeah. their version of Istanbul, not Constantinople. Um, my mind was blown because I was like, I'm the only person who know who knows about this band. Um, what is it doing on my television? This is bizarre. <laughs> and I would try to tell you know other kids about it. And they'd be like, "What are you talking about? That's a song from Tiny Toons." And I'm like, "No, no, no it's a real band. They exist." No, so Plucky that's, Duck sings that's it. That's how I knew about them. Plucky Duck sings it. Hampton. That's sings right. That's it. right. Plucky Duck sings it. Um, and then and then I I stayed uh, I stayed into them um, for quite a while. Uh, and I, I, I was never like, they were never like my number one band. Um, in fact, for a long time, I mostly just listened to flood over and over and over again. Sure. Um, and, uh, I, I would periodically check in and listen to them and check in on, on what they were doing. Um, and that's that, that for uh, up until the last, you know, couple years where I've had a kid, that's pretty much what I have done. And then once I had a kid, uh, with, with Denise, of course, um, we, <laughs> uh, we were like, oh, that's right. Uh, I, I like this band and they do kids music. So let's start listening to them, uh, aggressively. Although, um, Denise and I uh, saw They Might Be Giants uh, at the Exponential Music Festival in, I think we determined it would have been like 2012 or 2011 or so, um, and they came on right after the Bacon Brothers, <laughs> and we, we were there We were there to see They Might Be Giants. How um, were the Bacon Brothers, and though? They were yeah. terrible, yeah. but <laughs> quite, so much of the crowd uh, quite left. Quite awful. It was it was like middle aged moms, like middle aged like like white moms who were there to see the, the Bacon Brothers, and then as soon as they were done playing, they all so left. much of the audience left, and I was like, no no no, where are you going? You don't want to see they might be giants? What's I wrong mean, with you? What's wrong with your brain? People go to see them just to see Kevin Bacon, or are they actually much, like do they have a much. fan base? Of the, because it, I mean, it's kind of like just like old white guy blues, right? I think it's just because of Kevin Bacon, and uh, time has not done a service to him <laughs> but there i mean it's basically like a, a boring blues band right pretty much yeah, yeah. okay i wouldn't even call it blues it's yeah. just like it's it's that music that that actors yeah. make like if you if you are an actor that's famous enough to have a band uh that is propped up by the fact that you are an actor like um what's russell crowe's band the uh, 30 odd foot of grunt yeah. it's it's the same kind of music it's just like it's just like actor band music it doesn't even matter what it is does Bruce Willis still have a band? I'm not sure, but it wouldn't surprise. I mean, I mean, he did Moonlighting, right? So he he should. It'd be on brand. Oh boy. So so Denise. So um. So this guy basically forced them upon you, uh, or, or how'd that go? Because that's how it worked. I mean, the- that's how it worked with Car. I was like, we met in college, and she gave me you know cool stuff like Elliot Smith and Pedro the Lion and Jets to Brazil and I and Promise Ring, and I gave her. Um, they might be giants and Ben folds and probably some skate punk stuff that she still is just like, ah, it's all right. Um, but you know, you know, so, so what, uh, how'd that go down there? I mean, I don't know. It's fine. When we decided that we were having (laughs) kids, we definitely were, uh, on the same board of that. We, we didn't like the idea of kids music. We wanted the idea of, Music that we liked that we felt was acceptable to play in and around our kids. (laughs) Um, Right. Well, you I mean, you listened to the episode I did with with Kurt on your podcast, right? No, man. I have not been doing anything extra. 
Denise, well, Denise has a hard job. Okay, she has a hard she, job, she much does. harder than mine. But I, I figured, as one of the co-hosts, that she would have heard all the episodes. If the co-hosts have not heard all the episodes, how do you expect your fans to listen to all the episodes? That you know, just <laughs> it's a nice surprise. <laughs> well, because we, you know, because I was I was talking about how um, someone was, I don't know, it came up somewhere on Facebook on. Um, it was probably in the miscellaneous tea Facebook group. I don't know. Like I, I'm very forgetful, and I know Kurt and I talked about this, where I basically it just came to my, it just came to me that like, you should expose your kids to weird things, like not inappropriate things, not like adult themes, mm-hmm. but I, I was like on a big Sonic Youth kick like a couple of weeks ago or whenever it was that we talked the first time. And like, just like, going, I don't know, I'm having some sort of midlife crisis. I bought a reissue of the 1989 skateboard that I had when I was in second grade. I'm like, you know, riding my baby around on a skateboard and uh, listening to, you know, 90s music and buying a Sonic Youth Goo t-shirt. And I have this playlist on while Zinnia is eating lunch and she's jamming on this stuff, just like bopping around to like the most dissonant, like guitar rock of the late 80s, early 90s. And I'm like... Yeah, I mean, this is what I want to listen to. You know, let's let's teach her that dissonance can be really, really awesome, uh, as well as sweet, sweet melodies like They Might Be Giants, right? And They Might Be Giants have really weird dissonant songs, too. You got to set these kids up for not only wanting mac and cheese, basically. Is, yeah, is what exactly. <laughs> also, um, those, you know, super simple songs or whatever is a recipe to drive me batty. Basically. Well, yeah. Yes. You I can, mean, yeah. That's you can the, you only know. listen to that stuff for so long. So, um, so we have an echo in our living room, and we are uh, we are always commanding it to play something. Um, play new pornographers, and then something just horrible yeah. comes out of the speakers, and yeah. you have to. <laughs> we uh, have. Headphones, yeah, yeah, headphones, yeah, yeah. headphones. <laughs> I made a Spotify names playlist, which has. Um, Kayla by the Flying Colors, and it has Stevie Nicks' version of Annabelle Lee, and then it has Denise by Randy and the Rainbows, and Kurt does not have a there song. There isn't a Kurt song. There's no There's no songs about, about, about Kurt. Kurt that are oh, in any I way did good. Add, um, what about my Sharona? Mr. Mustard by the Beatles. <laughs> I added that to the Schiller name Spotify playlist. So what about What about Gloria? You could go either either the them version or the Patti Smith. Uh, extended take on it because that patty smith song any any good kid song should start with jesus died for somebody's sins but not mine um <laughs> i patty before smith, we move I on i woman. i wanted to tell a real quick very short yeah. uh, sonic youth story okay so my dad uh was a an, an early adopter of internet message boards and he read a, in the late 90s a ton of like musicians internet message boards and there was a message board that he read. I do not know the name of it, but um, Sonic Youth was touring, and someone stole all their instruments. They stole yep. their their like their like equipment van. They're modded um, out one guitars. The, they had been stocking up on guitars for like fifteen years. Yes, that were all modded so, out and customized. So right, exactly. So so one of the guys from Sonic Youth got on the message board and said, "Hey." Uh, keep an eye out for any like really jacked up guitars yeah. that only have like two strings that are all fucked up. <laughs> ja- yeah, like all these Jaguars and Jazz Jazz Masters that are all beat to shit and have like weird pickups in them. And yeah. So did he find the guys and beat them up and get the guitars back? No, 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 oh. no, no. I, I thought that, that story was very anticlimactic. Oh no! no. <laughs> no, no, no. Your dad I know. Like I was like, where is this going to? 
Yeah, and then somebody stole all these he f- all these instruments <laughs> that are only useful to 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 the people in Sonic Youth or maybe like like Sunno or some other God. similar band. Maybe Sunno stole you know, them. <laughs> and I, I love Lee Ronaldo's songs because he's like the melodic one of the band. Like still weird guitars, but like he comes up with the best vocal melodies. And he'll have he was like the George Harrison of the group. You know, have two songs on him. And uh, I saw him play. Um, live in Bloomington at this place called The Bishop, where we recently had our They'll Need to Crane live episode, same venue. So it's like a 250, 300, 300 cap room. So uh, very easy to make it look filled, but very quickly gets jam-packed. And so that concert was, was so full, I ended up off to the side of the stage. There's no backstage. I was to the side of the stage right where his guitar tech was standing, and this guy was working harder than any roadie I've ever seen, any guitar tech, he had like seven guitars on a rack, all of them right behind the tuning pegs on the back of the headstock, it had labeled what they were supposed to be tuned to, because none of them were standard tuning, not a single one. And so I could see, I was looking at the tunings, I'm like, oh my god, I'm stealing secret information, like the tuning of, <laughs> of Lee Ronaldo's guitars. And so this guy's just tuning constantly. He plays like an hour set and the guy was never not tuning a guitar or he'd just be like handing guitars like every song switching guitars and then tuning that one and back up and then handing him another one it's crazy and like secret tunings it's like the kfc recipe all these secret herbs and spices small venues with uh technical bands are very funny um we went and saw a friend's noise band at a Philly venue called Kung Fu Necktie, Ooh, um, which is one of those places. I tried to yeah, play it's there a good once. name. Yeah, didn't didn't work um, out. And it, uh, it it is basically just like a bar that has like an upstairs apartment that they have converted into like a venue, quote unquote. Okay. Um, and there there literally was not room for more than like ten people in the quote unquote performance space. <laughs> it, like once the band was in there and set up. Um, and they 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 got video by like taping a camera onto the ceiling in, in like the corner of the room, like the top the top back corner of the room, so that they could actually like have an angle. Because if you backed up, you were no longer in the room; you were like in a different room of the venue. Wait, yeah. so was this band just taking up that much space, or is it just that little of a venue? This- both. It was yeah. both. How, what, yeah. So when you say noise band, are we talking guitars or synthesizers or all of the above? What are we talking here? All of the above. Nice. All of the above. Okay. It was. Yeah. Any melody or just like a constant barrage of just nonsense. No melody. It was. It was. It was. Prob- it, it was. I would describe them as. Uh, they are no longer together. So I'm. I. I, I don't remember their name, but um, it. Uh, the friend of my friend, uh, Ben was the lead guitar player, and he was very into like kind of like proggy like shoegazy or kind of like explosions in the sky type type stuff but then i think the other two people in the band were like we we just want to make super weird sounds like strange soundscapes Mm -hmm. um and so there was there was a lot going on i quite liked it um but there, there was a lot going on to be sure i can get behind some of that there's there's one cool bar in um lafayette indiana one one cool bar. There's a couple that are okay, you know, and we'll have music. But there's one bar where if you play, let's say you're a duo that's an upright bass and a clarinet that's run through a bunch of guitar pedals. There's only one place in Lafayette, Indiana you're going to be able to play. <laughs> and it's called the Spot Tavern. And that's like our home base for like both of my bands. Because um, even though we're melodic, we're way too loud and uh, confusing to people um, to play, uh, you know, pretty much anywhere else. We try. Um, but yeah, the spot 
rules and I can get behind noise stuff to a degree, but like the last show that I played that outdoor velour played at the spot. Yeah. Before everything shut down, I just had a couple gigs canceled for both bands. Um, and the, it opened up with, I think like the guy that was promoting, it couldn't find a proper opening band. So the sound guy, Tim, who's super cool was in a really good kind of dream pop shoegazy band has like basically given up the guitar and he's like, Oh, I only do like electronic stuff now and like synthesizers and stuff. And I can totally get behind synthesizers. I mean, I got my 1982 Roland Juno 60 right there, which got for 300 in the year 2000. Just looked it Sweet. up. They're going for $2,500 now. Um, I can make some weird ass sounds on there, but if there's no discernible melody, doesn't have to be vocals, but just like some sort of melody, like at least like give me a taste, like Sonic Youth, like there's always that one catchy part. And then there's like the droney weird part, but then there's like the part you can sing along with. But these guys, like I love Tim and Casey. They're both sound guys. They know their electronics, but it was like one nonstop thing. So it was one for 45, no, for an hour. They were supposed to play for 45 minutes. And I'm just like, you know, when there's a break, you'd be like, oh, hey guys, uh, next band's supposed to start. There was no break. They just kept going. And I'm like, guys, come on. I'm, really, I'm like, I liked 20 minutes of this, but just, I mean, there's no songs here. There's no song. There's no songs. Give me songs, please. These aren't songs. <laughs> the last concert that Denise and I went to as a couple, uh, rather than one of us individually going to, was for a uh, kind of like a cello pop mm-hmm. uh, group okay. called uh, Takenobu, which is a, a cellist um, who is, uh, he's he's one of the cello players for the band um, Kishibashi, uh, which, which people may be familiar with. Um, but but then the opening the opening act uh, was a guy who played a 35 minute long song with a it was a melodica and a synthesizer and it was just one guy um, yeah. and he had like like a whole audiovisual show nice. that went along with it and it was amazing that sounds pretty cool uh, blew my mind yeah I got a friend uh, shout out to uh, Toby. Toby Kaufman Bueller, he is a video artist. He does analog video manipulation, has all this weird hardware that can like, I mean, you think about like old tube TVs where you can fuck with like the tint and the and the level and just like make everything go berserk. So he does stuff like that and does like the coolest, trippiest videos, but he also does uh, music to go along with them. And when I first met him, yeah, he's like, I'm a musician too. I uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, what do you play? He's like, um, he's like, have you ever heard of the the singing saw? I'm like, I play the saw too. Who? There are two <laughs> people in Lafayette that play the saw. So I eventually convinced him after like two years to do like a live show. Like he'd done installations, like where his videos were played. Like he actually got this thing at the Indianapolis airport. One of his things was played for like a month. Uh, in the Indianapolis airport, which is like huge <laughs> for him. Um, I mean, he's gotten grants. Like he's he's legit. But I convinced him to do a live show, and he's done a few since where he played the saw along with his uh, videos. So like muted the sound basically, and um, or no, no, he did it completely live. So he had the video running. He had his video hardware in front of him. He's twiddling. He's twiddling. He'd play the saw. It's going through all these like delay and reverb preamps and. He'd hit the saw with a mallet. He'd do it, you know. He mostly did mallet. I mostly do bow on the saw, but it was the coolest fucking thing. And it's just like, but he would split it up into songs, like, and then he'd he'd load up like another video that he'd manipulate. And it was that's that's the kind of like avant garde shit I can really get behind. Super awesome, Toby. Go check out his Vimeo. I think it's TKB Toby Kaufman Bueller um, on Vimeo. 
super rad dude. So, so uh, should we get back to they might be giants, perhaps, or was there? Yeah, I do. Okay. So, so um, we they might be giants features very heavily in our kids' music rotation. I know that um, Denise wrote down a variety of other kids' music um, bands, but uh, I'll, I'll just say that what I that that that, that we listen to. But well, I'll just say that what I personally like about them is that they are they are didactic without the song purely being about the didacticism like they're they're not i I think we even talked a little bit about this on the episode that we did yeah uh about like when they're teaching you about the concept of the number three they're not just teaching about the number three they're throwing in some interesting stuff about triops and you know how many eyes other types of animals have yeah um and so potatoes have a lot of eyes yes potatoes (laughs) do, do have a lot of eyes um but yeah we they they feature very prominently in our kids music rotation and we greatly appreciate their 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 content. Yeah, so Denise, what do you got in your notes there? I want to know what's highlighted oh. and well and, and everything what's not highlighted and why isn't it highlighted? <laughs> Where, uh, where do you want to start? So do you want to talk <laughs> about um, other bands on our parenting playlist? Denise is over here like like in the Bugs Bunny cartoons where he just like cracks his knuckles before he sits down at the piano <laughs> like, to do something right, really crazy. My turn. Yeah. Or, all right. Do where wanna, do I begin? Do you want to yeah. talk about some of the dinosaurs specifically mentioned yeah. in oh, okay. uh, I Am a well, Paleontologist? Well, first, though, I just want to hear a little bit about I definitely do. But um, <laughs> just in general, they might be giants as far as being played in your household, just to like tack onto what Kurt was saying. Um, in in general, what do you like about um? um you know, why do you guys play them around the house? Um, I, I I like how lively it is and how just like it's it entices movement and it's yeah. kind of silly, right? Like it's it's two guys with usually a band in the back, and so there's a lot of instruments and um the top three songs that we listen to are I'm a paleontologist, science is real, and electric car, and like as soon as they start playing, everyone knows what it is, and including the baby, yeah. <laughs> including the one year old, does this like this like butt scoot thing where she kind of like bounces along, um, while while kind of like gradually advancing across the floor. Yeah. Um, I, I I will mention electric car. Um, it is I I love that song because of how strangely sincere yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, I know we're not here to talk about Electric Car, right. but it is. It, it has to be like the most sincere They Might Be Giants song, where it's just like, <laughs> we really want to tell you about Electric Car. It's, it's very important to us. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you all should, you know, help us when you grow up to lower pollution, you know. It's important, you know. So, yeah. And I, I also, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman in science. And so I also yeah. like reinforcing that a little bit in, in terms of our, you know, artistic content. Right. So. Of course. Um, yeah. Of course. They make one of our two, uh, our, our, our two favorite science related songs. Um, and it is, uh, of course, science is real. And then uh, the Aquabats. <laughs> Uh, did a song called "Doing Science" oh, yeah. <laughs> for their kids' show, uh, the Aquabats Super Show, um, of which the lyrics are "Doing science, doing science, making things and breaking things." Um, and our four-year-old very much enjoys uh, singing that. We particularly oh, okay. I, sing I, yeah. it when we play with magnets. 
Nice. Yes. How did they work? Um, the, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the Aquabats, you know, the cat with two heads, which was about MC Bat Commander actually breeding a cat that had two heads. Where the poop came out of, I don't want to know. But you could pet one kitty's head and then pet the other kitty's head. <laughs> two heads of terror. Uh, so yeah, much like, Travis like Barker's be best drumming is, is, is on that Aquabats record. But I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, like, like they might be giants fits perfectly into the the tone of kids' music that we look for. Yeah. Of which, like, I, I like. There's other, you know, similar bands. Um, the the one that comes to mind, uh, apart from uh, Danny Weinkoff's band, uh, the the Red Pants band, yeah. which um, I I we have only recently started listening to. You actually turned us on to them. Botany, um, botany. We, yeah, you like botany is another good science song. We we really like Casper uh, Baby Pants, who is uh, the 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 president of the United States of of America's yeah. uh, vocalist. That that's his uh, side project. We also very much like listening to the president of the United States of America, um, specifically Peaches and the band. Yes, not yes. not so much the president. Uh, although although some so, some past presidents yes some past presidents know really most past presidents not a good know. band name <laughs> yeah okay? it's not a good band name why would you call yourselves that uh, but yeah That's, so uh, anyway we, <laughs> I love that they might be giants because it has a similar feel to Pancake Manor but it's also like not Pancake Manor music they're new songs they're yeah. new songs right. and so much kids music is is just like it's it's just like a cover of an existing kids song that has existed for you know 150 years with with slight updates to make it not racist anymore <laughs> whereas like they might be giants is actually out there recording stuff that's not only is it new it doesn't it doesn't just sound like a kids song is it has interesting styles and goes in strange directions and like within i i think a lot of kids bands and kids musicians that they have a tendency to have like a sound that is very specific right when they might be giants does kids music they still sound like they might be giants and that means that they sound like a bunch of different genres they go in different directions and they still make it work as kids music without relying on that kind of like samey like you know I like Pancake Manor, but if you play Pancake Manor and then like a Monty Harper um, song, like I, I I love I love both of those bands as kids music, um, but you know I I think they have much more of a house style compared to they might be Giants kids mm-hmm. song. Sure, sure, and and Denise, just to tell you um, since I I told Kurt, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure I told you on this episode. Like when I talked to Marty Beller, the drummer of They Might Be Giants since 2003, um, <clears throat> he was new to the band, so he was not on No. That was uh, Dan Hickey, who I've also talked to. I've talked to all the human drummers. Now I just need to talk to the drum machine. Um, he uh, said that so he was pretty new to the band. His first adult album was The Spine in 2004, and then his second album was Kids' Album. Here come the ABCs, and. He said they were recording them simultaneously in the same sessions. So when he was approaching them as a drummer, and he told this is straight from the drummer's mouth, uh, he just said the Johns would be like, oh, here's, here's a new song, and it goes like this, and then he'd create his drum part. He maybe didn't even necessarily know what album it was going to go on, oh. if it was going to go on the spine, or because the vocals come later. They're like, here's how it goes, here's the demo, okay, you know, and then you come up with your drum part and you record it. 
was it a Spine song or was it a Here Come the ABCs song? They musically are both just as interesting and diverse. It's just a matter of one is about a pretty dark subject matter disguised in sunny melodies. And one is just, you know, kids subject matter in sunny melodies. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, let's let's get to these lyrics of uh, paleontologists. So, um, scientist person lady over there, can you tell us about some dinosaurs? Uh, absolutely. So there are specifically one, two, three, four, five, six specific dinosaurs discussed. Um, mm-hmm. We have some stories about these. Um, Now, um, we have a museum near us called the State Museum of New Jersey. And shout out to Dr. Dana, who works on Sundays um, uh, in the the dino den on the third floor. Um, (laughs) The dino den. He he opens his window and he accepts all questions. um, And he actually (laughs) let us touch the frill of a triceratops like fossil the frill the frill is is the like the thing yeah wow so like i'm sure it has a more technical name but i don't remember what he called it but it was the frill and after kayla touched that then she was super into wanting to do more things with dinosaurs yeah i can imagine that's pretty i mean the thing's fucking massive well, this was just a little right? piece because it's a it's a fossil. Like, oh, it, it's, it's, okay. It's mm-hmm. a bazillion years old, or you know, whatever. Right. Sure. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't sure if you were talking about, uh, you know, how they remold the, you know. So it was the actual bone. Yeah. He's he. Well, it was the it was the fossil. I don't know that it's the bone. Sure. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know the distinction He's, there. I'm, he I said mean, it yeah. was an authentic fossil. So authentic I'm gonna fossilized. I'm bone. gonna go with Doctor Dana. He knows what he's talking about. So they may have only had a part of a frill, but one thing that they did have a, a whole one of uh, was a coprolith, which is a fossilized uh, poop. And um, our, our four-year-old was very excited uh, to come <laughs> home and tell me that she had touched uh, the dinosaur poop. Yes. Um, I mean, poop is the epitome of things that four-year-olds care about, right? Like, she thinks it's I mean, so hilarious. Everybody poops sometimes. In particular, she likes asking uh, what what different types of of things that you consume turn into, and so she'll say like, "What what happens when you drink lemonade?" And you go, "I don't know what happens." She goes, "It turns into pee pee," and he goes, "What hap-? And then she'll ask you, "What happens when you eat a hot dog?" And she goes, "It turns into poop." And she's like, "She'll." When when she thinks of a new food, she'll she'll ask you about that food. Like, what does what do donuts turn into? And it's like, well, they turn into poop, or you know, <laughs> <laughs> like she's keeping a catalog. Uh, is it pee poop pee poop? Well, what if you eat a nice stew? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, maybe pee and but poop. I, you know, yeah. But you know, I I I, I think that. Um, <laughs> It's it's nice. Uh, the The fact that they have a dinosaur song is so great to me, and the fact that they they break out of just the obvious dinosaurs is so they might be giants yeah. of them. Um, well, so, like, okay, so, so I think- an Archaeopteryx is that's an actual like that's that's actually I don't know if that's how you say it Archaeopteryx, but it's so hard to sing Arpti. Uh, Archaeopteryx's wings. It's very because since you're saying it's 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 possessive, so you got the S on the end there. Yeah, it's fucking impossible to sing, and I'm asking first graders to do it. 
So I'm sending you a couple links, by the way, because this this song was originally a Red Pants Band song written for a Payless Shoes commercial. So I think maybe really? before we get too deep into this, I haven't even listened to it yet. I just stumbled upon this on the wiki. Should we all listen to it? Let's listen to what the original uh, 32 second version sounded like, and I'll drop it in for my friends, uh, the listeners, and uh, and then we can get into the proper song. But I feel like we should probably do this before we get too far in. So this is the precursor to I'm a Paleontologist. It's time for Payless. I am a paleontologist. That's who I am. That's who I am. It's time for learning the fun way. It's time to be wide-eyed. That's who I am. 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 It's time for school again. It's time for Payless. Yeah, it's like a back-to-school commercial for, you know, moms and dads, your kids need new shoes, right? Uh, They ruin theirs over the summer. Um, So uh, the the demo version of this, it was in, uh, well, let's see, this album came out. So, oh, after the album came out. Okay, so um, that is the demo version of the song, though it came out after <laughs> it was in a commercial in 2011 even though here comes science came out in 2009 so was he multi-tracking his his own voice there oh yeah it's double track vocals that's the way all the pros do yeah. it's the way i do it i do it just i just do what the beach boys do just double those vocals it's, it, it was just nice because it it sounds like a chorus of one person like it it doesn't just sound like like multi-tracking it it, it sounds like like a group of of Danny's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the mix is definitely different. I mean, it's a demo version, but it sounds really good. I mean, he has a home studio. He records all the Red Pants Band stuff himself um, at his house. And, uh, I mean, it sounds really good. I mean, I don't think Marty would would be on that. I'm not sure if it's the – I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's the Red Pants Band guy. I'm blanking on his name now, but I'm going to look it up because I should not diss him like that. Uh, let's see. The Red Pants Band are awesome. And Inside I Shine, you guys should definitely get that album, which is his that's geared more towards Littler Kids, his most recent album. Um, so let's see. The drummer is – come on. I'm looking at the About section. Is it my internet or is it something else? Um, okay. Band members, okay. Steve Plisnarski on drums is what I'm guessing. Um, unless it's a really good drum machine. It was only 32 seconds there, and there was a lady ne- talking over top of it for the ad half the time. Um, but it sounds really good. Yeah. And and also kind of out of the box for a, a shoe store commercial. Yeah. Right? Like, well, it said it's time to learn the fun when way. you think about like back to school, I'm thinking about like maybe kids on a playground or kids in a classroom. I'm not thinking about kids at the Natural Science Museum. Also... That some of those kids were standing on fossils. I think they were not following the museum rules. <laughs> so, not only have they crossed the velvet rope, but they're climbing the rib cage yeah. of, yeah. of this poor dinosaur. Uh, so, uh, okay, so then, so that was in in 2011. It was used in this Payless shoe stores shoe source commercial. Um, two years later. Um, but so okay, so then this this um, 
the song Archaeology that he wrote came later. So let's go ahead and, and we'll do that later um, because people were asking, they're like, uh, Danny, we love that archaeology song by which they meant I'm a paleontologist. So he wrote a song called Archaeology to, I guess, uh, tell people the difference there between those science. I mean, yeah, they're <laughs> linked. But um, yeah, so let's get back to paleontologists and those dinosaurs. So Denise, hit me. What, uh, what dinosaur are we talking about? T-Rex. Oh, yeah. The king of the dinosaurs. Right. Sharp tooth. Anyways, next is Triceratops. (laughs) So I I told you about the frill that we touched. The next one is Carnosaur, which is actually also... Is it Carnosaur or Carnotaur? Is this wrong in the lyrics here on the wiki? Carnotaur? I think it's Carnosaur. To the Google. Um, Well... It is also a 1993 American science fiction horror film. Nice. It was given a, a solid B minus rating. Um, <laughs> and this, it's actually more like the like a taxonomic class versus an actual like specific kind. And um, uh-huh. so all of the allosaurs are carnosaurs. So it's just getting into taxonomy and gets complicated. And then the, um, Kurt, do you want to give the last dinosaur's name a... Hold on. I need to clear this up because the Google lyrics say Carnosaur. The Wiki lyrics say Carnotaur. So I'm going to... It says the name on the the music video in that section of the song. So I'm skipping ahead to the bridge. Let's see. Okay. Um, Digging, 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 digging. (laughs) <laughs> digging Car- we carnotaur. ourselves are it's digging. a carnotaur digging for the oh. carnotaur not okay. carnosaur and when i looked that up it said did you mean um carnot uh hold on because it wouldn't carnotaurus carnotaurus is a specific dinosaur that is part of the car- the the uh, janus or, or order carnosaur um but wouldn't i don't know if it would be called a carnotaur so perhaps we've we've but- uncovered a, uh, well, a taxonomic issue. Well, what, the what's, what's weird here is that they had they had a dude fact checking the general their allosaurs shit. of this classification are all of the the ones from Jurassic Park that have like the yeah. little arms and the beady eyes and the ones that the very will definitely ones, eat you right? if you fall yeah. behind the fence in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they will eat the shit out of you. <laughs> You know, but it's really <laughs> weird that he put Carnotaur in there because they had a dude from the Washington D.C. Um, si- I'm forgetting what his, his official title is, but they had a dude fact checking all their stuff because they didn't want to get anything wrong. So then, what is Carnotaur like? As a, it, is that not a singular dinosaur? Because he wouldn't put that in. This guy would have caught that. I mean, but- maybe it is. I was looking up Carnosaur. So I was yeah because Google because yeah yeah, because when you when you type it in like the Google lyrics say carnosaur but I go to the wiki is the most reliable place I mean I've got the my baby sleeping that CD is in her room Um, if it has the lyrics I don't even remember but like what the heck what's going on that that fact checker dude I don't know something slipped through carnotaur it won't let me even google i would like it. to suggest a a possible answer um okay maybe the species is carnotaurus which it does appear to be the formal name of the species sure but maybe an individual carnotaurus is called a carnotaur oh. okay but like showing a specific like one singular dinosaur that like that part of the song like it's like the kids like trying to fit 
you know, it's like pieces of a puzzle, right? And he's trying to fit that, mm-hmm. he or she is trying to fit that bone into a dinosaur. What dinosaur does it go to? Yeah. And it shows Carnotaur. Like, it's just one, you know, yeah. T-Rex, Triceratops. Carnotaur, like, it's a singular dinosaur. But I'm, like, searching through all these Carnotaurs, Carn carnotaurus and i can't find one that's just called a carnotaur and now i'm very upset no it's <laughs> well and that's i i actually i really appreciate that they you know that they strayed away from the normal stegosaurus triceratops long neck brachiosaurus t-rex right mm-hmm. that sure. are the you know normal five pterodactyl right i guess if you you say flying one everyone says pterodactyl so right um pterodactyl and then the last dinosaur is the pachycephalosaurus which um (laughs) the literal translation means thick-headed lizard yeah so you know we we were talking about this around the house the other day talking about how uh i mean you guys know aaron hernandez uh who they're blaming like his his murdering his murderous rage on concussions. I'm like, man, these uh, these dinosaurs, man, their skulls must have been so thick or else, you know, they were getting concussions constantly, which I guess was possible. Um, you know, that was just kind of the thing they did was ram their heads together, but they had these football helmet style skulls. So that's pretty cool. And uh, in the most recent Jurassic, was that the most recent one? I think I've seen them all. They're so dumb now, but you still got to go see them in theater. Wasn't there one of those Pachycephalosaurus just like ramming through everything? They had him in a in a that rich guy had. Did you guys see that or no? We have not seen the most recent of the the new series of them with one of the Chris's. I think it's Pratt, but it's yeah, it's Chris Pratt. W- one of the Marvel Chris's. I don't remember the, which one. The one no. where you're no. screaming. Oh come on! Don't have Didn't an you guys aviary watch Parks and with Rec? a glass ceiling for flying dinosaurs, dum dums. <laughs> Didn't you guys watch Parks and Rec? I mean, Chris Pratt, come on. He's the best of all the Chris's. Oh, yeah. Because he's fucking in Parks and Rec. Yeah, he's the best. He was better when he was chubby. Um, Liked him better chubby and silly. He's Um, not a heartthrob. What is he? Who's he trying to fool? Uh, he's pulling it off. Okay, I guess, but I just think he's awesome. I also, I also did really like the the female lead from that one because she was the mermaid person from Lady in the Water, which is one of my number one favorite movies of all time. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> Everyone uh, hates Lady in the Water except for me. I've never seen it. M Night Shyamalan. Oh, okay. Don't tell me the twist. I know there's a twist. I'll be waiting for it. <laughs> you know the twist for an M. Night Shyamalan movie the biggest twist would be that there is no twist and it's just everything's just happily ever after and everything's normal and there's no dead people that, that are to be seen you know um, I don't see dead people cause that's impossible the end roll credits these lyrics like in general other than um, you know getting kids to pronounce Pachycephalosaurus and attempt to really that's easier to me than Archaeopterisk yeah like just the Y with an X after it, I'm just like, man, you're killing me here. <laughs> I think with the with the possessive, they're, they're catchy. They rhyme. Um, it it has prose to it. Um, we have yeah. a music box that lives um, like under our TV console, and um, the one year old knows exactly where it is, and she can grab a percussion instrument and jam along you know she yeah. she knows how to tambourine 
And yeah, before um, you before you got on, actually, Zinnia was down here helping me track some percussion. We got one of my tambourines nice. and one of her tambourines. Nice. She yeah, um good. we have tambourines. She has three, she we have has three some tambourines. Maracas. <laughs> Yep. Um, and Kayla got a ukulele for Christmas. Oh, nice! Yeah, I, I want to say what, I'm going to try writing like a grant most... for uh, a classroom set of ukuleles. I've taught privately Ooh. taught ukulele. I have a soprano and a tenor. Um, would love to teach it to the chillins. I'm, I'm thinking about trying to get some sort of money together whenever school just decides to happen again <laughs> um, and do like a guitar club or like guitar club where like the younger ones that can't, you know, yet fit a guitar well could do a ukulele. Yeah, we decided on ukulele because we wanted, we didn't want to get her a kid's instrument. We wanted to get her an instrument that would still be, it would be a beginner's yeah. instrument, but it would be something that she could still play when she was older. Um, oh, that's a great choice. And the, yeah, and the proportions sure. of it are good for her size now. Yeah. Um, she, yeah. she can't... And your first chord is one finger. Yeah, so. exactly. So... <laughs> yeah. I want to say about the lyrics that I really like the way that um, the refrain is, is one sentence that is perfectly apportioned to fit the, 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 like, the meter and rhythm of the song and also to rhyme... Um, cause it's, it's, and all the kids who want to see them can check them out <laughs> at our museum. It's, it's like, yeah. I, I, I like that. It's just one complete grammatically correct sentence. The tricky thing is that end, the first now perfectly fits. Yeah. Now did you call that the, I'd call that the pre-chorus. What did you call it? I call it the refrain, but you may be correct okay. that it is, I suppose, the pre-chorus. Refrain You're is right. like the music teacher way of saying chorus. I mean, every rock person will call it a chorus. Um, it's the part that repeats. Now, the problem is that the pre-chorus is not the same. The first one is now all the kids who want to see him are lining up at our museum. Oh. So the second time is can check them out. So getting my first graders to do them in the correct order. Now, watching the music video is easy because our lining up, all those kids just kind of plop down under the hill in a giant line. So that helps. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. Both those pre-choruses are amazing. And it's just so fun, you know, talking about the musical elements. So in a kid's song, you know, we're talking a lot about the lyrics. But like we said, Marty was like, I, you know, it's another They Might Be Giant song. You know, I'm going to play an awesome drum part no matter what. This song, it's like, it's basically a power pop song. But I love the, mm-hmm. um, the chord progression is very interesting. It's got a lot, surprisingly a lot of chords. But it's got this kind of... Um, 60s like ultra speed like souls guitar part to it because it's just on the backbeat it's it's like i love digging in the dirt like on the twos and fours uh just like all those motown songs which i love and rip off where the guitar is like almost just part of the rhythm section and just chucking along with the snare drum but it's just at like warp speed and then it breaks into like it, it has the breakdown mm-hmm. on now all the kids do, duh, who want to see and you know the backbeat kind of pulls back and then the and then the gap it's almost like a bass drop and like all these fucking dance songs <laughs> lining yeah. up at the museum wait for it i am a paleontologist it's like yeah perfect yeah. The, um our four-year-old like yells along oh, with that yeah. part when it comes on if she's paying enough attention to you know the specific part of the song um the the part musically that i really like is the uh the the I, again 
I, I like the music terminology, but it's the part that goes dent 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 dent. Oh, the, the it almost end, sounds right? like a ska song. That kind of like dent 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 dent. Like, <laughs> um, actually, another song that it reminds me a lot of is the song "Punk Rock Girl" uh, by the Dead Milkmen, <laughs> another Philly band, and, and oh, a song fantastic. that's about Philly. Um, and actually, also, I believe, uh, has an accordion in it uh, in, in oh. a very They Might Be Giants sort of sort of way. Although, of course, they predate They Might Be Giants. Um, I oh, always yeah. get God, in trouble because every once in a while I hear a certain, like, Bare Naked Ladies clip, and I always think it's They Might Be Giants. Yeah. <laughs> I believe, what, well, wasn't it the theme the, song uh, to Big Bang yeah. Theory? Yeah. You, yeah. you know, there's a reason I also did a crossover with... Uh, uh, the Bare Naked ABCs, which is a Bare Naked Ladies song by song podcast that goes alphabetically. Um, I've also done a crossover with them. They did um, Meet the Elements, actually, when they came on my show. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they were the other. Uh, yeah. You guys are only the second um, Here Comes Science song. Now, so we were talking about kids screaming this song. Uh, we're not like completely to the cover section yet, but would you guys like to see my first graders in Williamsport uh, Elementary School singing? I'm a paleontologist. Absolutely. Extremely much so. Okay, so um, I'm going to have to find the like marker where they actually get to it because it's the whole program. I'm trying to remember. I let them – so I let the kids pick the set list. So I'm at two schools, but I let them – they did all the same songs but in um, – a different order and i told them how you know me a rock and roller how you come up with a set list you got to have the biggest bangers first and last okay <laughs> so right so dr worm was the was the the closing number for both programs i'm trying to remember where paleontologist fell it may be the opening track but let's find out um so did that link work for you it's working okay slowly so let's see so yeah it's a it's a 24 minute program let me see. It's it's either right at the beginning or or near the end. So let me see here. They all start like bopping around. <laughs> One of the things I love about kids is uh, they they each have their own uh, dance that is totally different from each kid to each kid, and you're never going to be sure where it came from. Um, and uh, like w- whenever we have some kind of like uh, gathering thing, or you know, like like our daycare, we'll put on like. Uh, a winter show or whatever, and they ask the kids to dance, they each default into their own individual unique dance that none of them are the same. And so it just looks like total chaos. Unless you watch only one kid, and then it looks like, yes, they know a dance, this one dance. This is the one that they do. (laughs) 
that's why for like the big ones, this was a daytime program. Like parents just came. That's my room. That's my classroom at Williamsport. You know, we didn't do it in the gym or any. We don't have an auditorium. You know, we did it uh, just in my room. Parents came and then we videotaped it for parents that work. And it was super awesome and low key. And I'm wearing a They Might Be Giants t-shirt. Like I'm not all dressed up or anything. But for like Christmas and stuff, you want to get real slick. You you basically choreograph it, you know. But for like little kids, I just say, you know, we're going to add moves to it. And lots of times it'll be moves that just help them remember the words, you know, basically act out the words. And then they aren't all just like flailing around. But for this little thing, I was just like, you know, we had moves for um, some moves for triops and uh, robot parade. They had specific robot type things they were supposed to do. (laughs) That one went, went pretty good. That's awesome. Musically, Denise, you got any um, any things about like the music? Like, if you subtract all of the paleontology stuff, would you dig this song if it were about um, like straight up about shoes? <laughs> um, I think I would. Just with, I, I mean, musically, even without the vocals, I think it's a it's an interesting beat and melody. Um, yeah, and I mean, we are pretty often listening to um vocalist type music at home mm-hmm. um yeah i actually just put it out to my uh podcast fans to um i'm running out of instrumental uh they might be giant songs they don't have many of them to play underneath like the credits section you know a little uh, background music so i pitched it i'm like hey you want to be the new background music for uh this might be a podcast <laughs> for the credit section do an instrumental version of a They Might Be Giants song for me. So I want the melody, but play it on an instrument. Other than that, it's up to you. So we'll see what I get. I had a couple of people that are like, I'm on it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, you know, I got a couple weeks. So uh, we'll, we'll see what comes out of that. Because I would love to hear Paleontologist with the melody just on like brass or something, like some Ooh, trumpets. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is just like a jacked up Elvis Costello song. I mean, it's like just like pure pop rock goodness so you guys want to hear um the follow-up the sequel archaeology by danny weinkoff absolutely in the red pants band okay it's from his red pants band album no school today uh which is no school every day for a while (laughs) Uh, that was actually the name of the episode uh that that we just released uh about about coronavirus which was uh school's out forever Um, (laughs) i've been calling it adventure school Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> props nice. to Denise for that one. Let's listen to Archaeology by uh, Danny Weinkoff and the Red Pants Band. Archaeology, it's human evolution From the caveman to you and me Analyzing their solutions Yeah, now archaeology The secrets they left for us We can study activities Of those who came before us Yes, it's archaeology The intro riff reminds me a lot of like Trans-Siberian Orchestra or something along those lines. (laughs) Sabotage. Oh man, another great chorus. Arc, 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 archaeology. It's coming right back to me because it's so catchy. Archaeology, arc, 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 archaeology. 
the purpose of this song was basically to clear up the confusion uh, for people that that archaeologists don't just deal with bones, you know? They're dealing with, you know, things of ancient civilizations, you know, human stuff, too, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, is that... I mean, I'm no scientist, but... (laughs) uh, Sorry, random Simpsons quote. Just ask the scientist. Uh... So archaeologists. So if we're looking at the, I mean, straight up de- um, science, science lady. Um, what? <laughs> so you're not. A, I mean, you're not an archaeologist or a paleontologist. But I mean, is that? I mean, the difference is that a paleontologist only studies dinosaur remains, right? Correct. But an archaeologist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can I snipe this one a little bit? Do it. Um, my degree is actually in anthropology. Oh. Uh, and there are two branches of anthropology, cultural and physical anthropology. Uh, physical anthropology is essentially archaeology. They're not they're not the same and it, both an anthropologist and an archaeologist would want to fight me there, but archaeology by and large is concerned with material culture. Okay. Um, and and so it is it is generally but not necessarily the remnants of human civilizations the the material culture left behind that's why you see the uh, antikythera mechanism which is also uh the name of a lovely um uh sci trance or sci house or sibient track uh <laughs> by the house musician BT um, who is actually also uh, right after our first daughter was born, and we were in the hospital room, uh, kind of chilling out. I, I put on that album, uh, which is called um, "This Binary Universe," hmm. uh, and that had a track called "The Antikythera Mechanism." So there we go. I've, I, I've taught it. I, I've tied it all together. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to say, musically, that song um, reminds me a lot of. Uh, oh gosh, who who does that? Who, who does that song? Um, our house is a very, very, very fine it's, house. It's uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Outdoor Valor has covered yeah. that song by uh, Cara's mom's request. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. It sounds very similar, like in like chord structure and like the just like the the overall feel of of it. But it, 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 right it's, it's more amped up. Yeah, it's got the so it's that it's kind of like the I don't know if you've ever seen. There's a big YouTube mashup that well, not quite a mashup. There's a band that did a giant cover song medley of all the songs that have what most people would easily could refer to as the let it be chord progression right so you're talking uh... so the one one five six four progression and that has been in literally one bajillion songs you know I'm not. That's not hyperbole. One bajillion songs, because that's a real number. Is that uh, uh, Pachelbel's canon? It's it's everything. Like I'm not just talking pop songs. It goes way back. From for most people, they know it as the Let It Be, because it's just like right in your face, right at the beginning of the song. And I I'd have to figure out archaeologists really see if that's in there. But it's like kind of like it's like if you want that instant like nostalgia, like heartwarming feel, like that is your go to riff. And our house is kind of that kind of song. I mean, it's about. Yeah, it's like it's it's one of those happy songs. Like it's the opposite of a they might be more normal they might be giant song uh, about like you know domestic bliss or whatever. And there's not a dark you know bone in its body. It's like you know this is you know our life is great and two cats in the yard and etc. And this archaeology one, it's it's amped up a little bit from that, but it's got that same kind of like 
immediately you're like, this sounds, this is a song I've never heard, but it's got something familiar about it, right? Because you already like pinned it to like two songs. And really, I think it's not like blowing my mind with the chord progression, but it gives you that feeling right away. And the, the, the chorus is amazing, like instantly singable, perfect for a kid song. Arc, 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 archaeology, like just, I mean, instantly singable chorus, which is what most pop songs strive for, but definitely what a kid's pop song should be. Mm-hmm. And then the like educational content is in the verses. It's right? it, It's just, it's still, it's so much better than whatever gets put on kids, bop, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. The yeah. funny thing is when they turn some kind of like Lizzo song into like a, a kid's bop something or other. And I'm just like, what? You still got to check your nails. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. She can play the flute, though. So I'm down yeah. with Lizzo. Uh, she's a marching band girl. I like that. I dig that. Um, I did want to say one more thing. So in uh, in a related way, something that mm-hmm. um, we weren't. I wasn't super into it until I found out that um, uh, They Might Be Giants was in one of the episodes is Yo Gabba Gabba, Mm -hmm. which is a kid's show. They were specifically on the episode called Fun Times, and they did Clap Your Hands. Um, yeah and <laughs> we we yeah we did that in our program as well and it was audience participation was mandatory is what i kept shouting <laughs> 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 they actually went out into the crowd if you if you watch the rest of that program well which danny danny watched it danny wankov watched my program videos and uh commented on them and i told my principals about that and they were nice blown away um, and the kids think they're famous thankfully some uh interweb yo gabba gabba angel uploaded a bunch of full episodes like two uh a week and a half ago uh and we yeah. have like watched all of them now nice i want to mention about um paleontologist uh we we saw uh that performed live um when we saw they might be giants and I, that was the first time I, I had ever heard the song. And I was so confused because they said, we've got a new song. And I was like, oh boy, a new song. And they're like, here's our bass player. And I was like, what? 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 Yeah. What's going on? What's right. going on? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, we were still, you know, uh, many years from, from having kids. And I liked it. I remember liking it in yeah. the moment, but I was confused. I was like, oh, it's it's one of the kids' songs, but this is really good. I like this. I would totally be down. I was very down. confused that it wasn't one of the Johns, though. Yeah. I would kill to see them do Paleontologist at an adult show. I don't care. It's just such mm-hmm. a good song. Just yeah, play it. it is. And, yeah, and Danny, like, I mean, it basically, because I did a, a whole Patreon episode with him about how the Red Pants band started, and when the Johns opened it up back on No!, he wrote one of the most popular songs I know as well called Where Do They Make Balloons? And so all of a sudden I'm listening to this. I was in college. And I'm like, they put out a kid's album? Okay, fine, whatever, I'll buy it. And, um, and this song came out. I'm like, who's this guy? That kind of sounds like he's a little British. <laughs> Danny like, it sings like with a little kind of rock and roll British you know, affect to his voice. Um, Where Do They Make Balloons? Great song. One of the fan favorites, the the longest song on the album by far. Almost it almost hits three minutes, um, but so that was like he's like, 
okay, I, I think I can do this thing, you know, and I'm not getting a chance to write songs for They Might Be Giants on the, you know, this adult studio albums. But then, you know, he came back on Here Come the One, Two, Threes. He did number two on Science Paleontologist, obviously. And then on Why, he did Elephants, which is a great song, too. Uh, get out of the way, get out of the way. <laughs> the elephants are coming to a town today. He's just got he's got a knack for these just like sunny melodies that just are instantly in your head. So props to Danny Weinkoff, three time guest on this might be a podcast. Uh, you you do good work, dude, and your bass playing is is uh, phenomenal as well. Should we get to the covers? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. You already heard my first graders cover it with me. And we don't need to play my other one. I think we're already running, you know, long enough as it is. Um, people can go to the This Might Be a Podcast.bandcamp to hear me play it at a bar uh, for people all 21 and over. But let's go to Rachel Jones, who is getting her, um, is, is in, I think, the second year of her PhD for musicology uh, at um, in St. Louis. And here, here she is playing it on ukulele. I love digging in the dirt with just a pick and brush. Finding fossils is my aim, so I'm never in a rush. Cause the treasures that I seek are rare and ancient things like the Velociraptor's jaw or Archaeopteryx's wings. Now all the kids who want to see them are lining up at our museum. I am a paleontologist. That's who I am, that's who I am, that's who I am. I am a paleontologist. That's who I am, that's who I am, that's who I am. Could it be an earth? Uh, YouTube channel is uh let's see rachel jones uh, i don't know look up rachel jones she has some pretty cool um not many videos so i think if you search i'm a paleontologist cover you'll see her with her lovely braids and her ukulele so love it what do you think yeah it's it's charming i like it a lot yeah it works perfect on ukulele what do you think denise yeah i love it i gave her a thumbs up i gave her a youtube thumbs yeah. up <laughs> smash that like button yeah we get, <laughs> gotta get rachel up to triple digits here she i mean and she just looks so happy saying it rachel is amazing she was on the um our second live episode the birdhouse in your soul in chicago she is from chicago and goes to school in st louis so she was up there and and was able to do that live episode with me and that was awesome to meet uh just getting to meet all these podcast people in, in person is awesome you know, the social distancing thing, it goes right hand in hand with these kind of podcasts. But, you know, <laughs> back when you could actually, like, get within hugging distance of I, a new person. I also, I just want to say, I think, I feel like this song was perfect for the ukulele. Because it has that, yeah. like, that, I guess just the the sound of the ukulele is so happy. It's so gentle. Yeah. 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 It's, like, soft and gentle and, like, hey, it's cool. And, like, an upbeat and... I think you've just thrown down a challenge to me to write a evil ukulele uke, song. Uke metal. Yeah, <laughs> with, you know the, I've you know my, tiny my, my my tenor has has a uh, an input in it, so I can you know run it through an amp. I've run it through delay and distortion, and uh, ukuleles can sound pretty hardcore. I'll tell you, or pretty psychedelic. Get some chorus pedal on there. Get some delay, some reverb. 
you can make that thing just sing like crazy. And it's, uh, yeah, so I think I'll write a song in a minor key with um, some crazy effects on it for, for y'all now. Uh, so, <laughs> so our next one, we've got people playing all sorts of instruments. Here we got Russ Jones playing it on the mandolin. So playing it from his hotel room, he said he had some downtime. People just want to play this on the tiny instruments. I like digging in the dirt with just my pick and brush. Finding fossils is my aim, so I'm never in a rush. These treasures that I seek are rare and ancient things like Velociraptor's jaw or Archaeopteryx's wing. And all the kids want to see them lining up at our museum. I am a paleontologist. That's who I am, that's who I am, that's who I am. I am a paleontologist. That's who I am, that's who I am, that's who I am. Could it be an herbivore crushing plants with rounded teeth or ferocious? There's no way to not smile when you're singing this song, apparently. It's so, it's such a, yeah, it's such a bouncy. I, so I am a big fan of uh, mandolin. Um, we recently saw uh, the band uh, Green the Sky Bacon Bluegrass. Brothers. Oh, okay. What's that? No, <laughs> the Bacon yeah, Brothers. yeah, no, no, no. Uh, no, we 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 saw the band uh, Green Sky Bluegrass, who um, their lead singer uh, plays the mandolin, um, and uh, they play more of that like traditional bluegrass, um, you know, like fa- fast picking. Uh, mandolin was that that was more kind of like like a like a guitar style mandolin sure. it has a very yeah, yeah. nice like planky sound to it that i like a lot and it it again it fits the song really well it's very it's very happy um i i liked uh it sounded like like he changed the chords up a little bit there um he simplified uh, it's, the it's, verses um I'd have to check if, what the key is in. I mean, he's got a super low voice playing a super high instrument, which, which was just an interesting uh, swap there. Um, and he's simplifying. The, the verse chords are actually pretty tricky. Like, I kind of do it half with bar chords, and these kind of passing chords, I'll just do, like, power chords because they move so quickly. Um, I mean, he's a bassist. I mean, he knew how to play guitar before bass, but he's primarily a bassist, and the chord progression kind of shows it because it just kind of walks all over the place. And so he simplified it to like the, I guess what you call the main harmonic progression. But he he cuts out a couple of those little uh, in betweener chords. I'm not sure if he's changing the key or not. I do not have perfect pitch. Um, but but yeah, so slightly simplifi- simplified. Uh, the chord at the beginning sounded a little funky. I was like, is he out of tune or what? It sounded almost like a little crunchy at the beginning, a little. Uh, I'm like, is he doing a minor version of this? Did he take it to to A minor, <laughs> which would be, this is the one about, it's from the dinosaur's point of view, and they're sad that they died. And people are <laughs> people are digging up their graves, <laughs> and they don't appreciate it. Uh, so, Denise, what do you think about that one from, yeah, what do you think? It was good. Um, I, I don't tired. know a whole lot got about only the one mandolin. More. Is that a six string instrument? It's an eight-string instrument. instrument, and I actually have oh. one behind me. I actually have yeah, oh. I have a mandolin, and then I also have uh, a banjolin, um, yeah. which is <laughs> nice. Yeah, it doesn't have uh, the the floating. I forget what it's called. The it doesn't have the sticky outy neck part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as they say in the biz, the sticky outy neck part. 
so yeah, a mandolin is an eight string instrument, which you only have four fingers. The, yeah. the strings are doubled up, yeah. so they're close together. So you press two at once, right? So they're doubled. It's it's you know it gives it more volume. So well, I mean, do you like the sound of the mandolin? There's one in your basement. <laughs> eh. uh, I, I I like the ukulele better. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, they're very different for being similar sized string instruments. You got a four string nylon string instrument that's got a very calm kind of breezy sound. And then you've got the eight string steel string instrument um, that can sound really hyperactive, especially with some of those bluegrass guys like like, holy cow, dude, you had your coffee this morning, I see. Uh, so now we got a guy playing it on banjo. So, uh, let's see. I'll send you this link here, and this will be our last cover for the night. Hush. Sorry. Is that a, Not is you. That a cat? <laughs> the, the dog. The animals are Hush, descending upon me. Okay, so let's watch um, Mike uh, Dej. Do you guys think that's how you'd pronounce his name? It hasn't loaded yet. D-E-S-J. Mike Dej. That um, seems plausible. Yeah. I'm a paleontologist live in Quebec City. Ooh. So let's check this out. He's dressed like a banjo player. Yeah, oh, definitely. And he's in a fucking rocking chair. Oh, my God, dude. He's really oh, leaning I love into this. this thing. It's like he's on the front porch, except he's on a stage and it's got monitors. Oh, my God. That. Okay, yeah, let's check this out. I want to be a paleontologist, but I'm stuck here playing music. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, he said, I wanted to be a paleontologist, but I'm stuck here playing music instead. <laughs> This is blowing my mind. I, I love this. I love when it, like the rocking out part is so good. <laughs> Man, this is the drunken hillbilly version. This is amazing. I, I love this. This, Holy is, this is the cow. most charming wow. uh, thing I've watched all uh, week. That really took a turn to the like like it's, uh, that's like a it's, hardcore punk version. I was going to uh, say I, I definitely when I when you open it and you see. A guy sitting in a rocking chair holding a banjo. <laughs> I did not anticipate that happening. There was just a lot to unpack. I didn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I don't like it. I was. I was not anticipating that. Yeah, it, really it actually reminds me a lot it's of like a, a band um, movie. that I am a big fan of uh, called the Can Kickers, uh, and they're from Connecticut, and they bill themselves as old time riot music, and they basically. Yeah do like old time uh you know like civil war era folk standards nice. but they play them in like like punk rock you know t tempo and 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 style but they, so they, like they are punk using rock like oh susanna or what what's that like oh susanna punk rock oh susanna or it's so so i mean they're they're using they are using the traditional instruments but they are playing them very aggressively nice and and fast and they have 
they they have a drummer who is doing more like punk style uh drumming no things like um uh, they're 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 not even like the typical folk standards. They're they're okay. like the like the Civil War era Deep ones cuts. that you'll recognize a version of them and be like, oh yeah, that's that's right. that. Well, O. Suzanne um, is from around that. I mean, Stephen Carl Stephen Collins Foster. Um, yeah, that was kind of started being claimed by the Confederacy, which I I mean, fuck Soldiers that. Joy is okay. one of the ones that they play. For All instance. right, Soldiers Joy, um, uh, Dixie. Well, oh, oh, I mean, all the songs have fucking Dixie in the title. Yeah, that no, that sounds pretty cool. So there are a couple other covers that were on Bandcamp, but they're kind of um, in similar vein. Like uh, there's an acoustic one, and there's another um, kind of folky, slower one. But I think we kind of covered the angles there uh, with those three. I think we've come to that time in the show, finally, to score this song before we all turn into uh, Pumpkins. <laughs> another great uh, Red Pants Band song, uh, Pumpkins Are My Favorite Fruit, which tells you about how pumpkins are not a vegetable. Uh, so let's score this song i'm gonna kick it to denise first have you even listened to an episode of this podcast yet denise i am putting you on the spot uh no <laughs> how dare you i'm deleting this immediately this will not air sorry uh, the world so is you got actually ending right now <laughs> hey, i've been going for a year and a half since long before it was ending the scoring system is you're not scoring it against your favorite song of all time by any band. Uh, you're scoring it against the They Might Be Giants canon. So whatever your favorite They Might Be Giants song is, uh, you know, whatever a 10 is, you know, you're, you're scoring it against that. So zero to 10 decimals are um, allowed. So what would you uh, score? I'm a paleontologist. Well, because I was the one that got to select this song, I'm going to go with 10. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. Kurt? Um, so for calibration, my my <laughs> 10 song would be She's an Angel. Sure. Um, is probably my favorite They Might Be Giants song. I would put this as a 7. Um, w- w- with, within their kids' songs, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a 9 or a 10. Um, I tend to like the, the, the more like down-tempo... Uh, slight, slightly somber yeah, sounding. Sure, uh, that they, they might be giant songs. Of which is this is definitely not not that style of <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah. But within their kids' songs, it's it's tops for me. Yeah, yeah. This this song is like I can see. Flansburg is pretty good at writing power pop songs like I mean Boss of Me for example, songs that just like kick ass and are are super fun. Um, but I could see it like an adult album with him writing a song like this and just making about something totally fucked up, but sounding just like that, you know, or, uh, you know, Danny could have been like, Hey, I got this cool, uh, this cool instrumental. I don't know what to do with the lyrics. And then, you know, Linnell takes into some bizarre dark direction about someone getting maimed, like in a, you know, submarine accident. I don't know. (laughs) What else has he written about? I'm trying to think of something he hasn't written about someone getting hurt in some new way. Um, so, so you said seven, right? Yeah, seven out of ten. Okay, it it is tough with the kids' songs. So I'm looking back. I've got my whole spreadsheet, so I can remember what I've scored other things. And the first kids' song I did was "I'm Not Your Broom" with Franz Nikolai from the Hold Steady, and we got into a whole. That song was written before five years before they did. A, they put together a kids' album. It was not written as a kids' song. Um, and we had this great discussion about how it was basically about like the working man like overthrowing 
you know, it was basically about unionizing, like all the, the household, uh, you know, all the tools in the house and all the implements of cleaning were like, I'm not your broom, man. I'm my own broom. You know, fuck you. <laughs> and it was a great episode. And I gave, let's see, where is it? Uh, I'm not your broom. Where are you? I gave that, I gave that a seven. Cause I think as far as uh, catchiness goes and stuff, it's not tops for me, but the, the conversation was great. And then, like I said, it did meet the elements. So as far as science ones go, I also did Fibber Island. I'm not crazy about that one. Um, I did apartment four, which under Neil, I like that one a lot. Um, what else am I missing? Well, let's see. What did I give? Uh, meet the elements. I gave an eight. I love that song. But I think I love this one even more. I'm going to give Paleontologist an 8.3 to split the difference between you two. Because it is a great song. And (laughs) I love telling Danny. So this is the second year I've done that program. And I'll just, you know, we're Facebook friends. And and we email and stuff on occasion. You know, he's been on the pod and all that. I'll just be like, guess what? The new batch first graders is learning Paleontologist. And it's their favorite. And both years, it's like they gravitate towards that song like crazy. They love Dr. Worm. They love Particle Man I didn't do last year, but I did this year. Um, I did those two at the end of the programs on my accordion. They loved Particle Man, uh, and we'd show the Tiny Toons video, you know, as as they were doing it. But paleontologists, man, just like getting them to not scream, like okay, singing voices, not yelling voices. See, bring it down a little bit. Come on, and just you know, <laughs> they love it. It's a great song, you know, whatever it's about. You know, it could, I don't know, what would the adult I mean, version be? I am a, let's see, paleontologist. It's six syllables. I don't know what you'd change it to. Uh, like, what would the Weird L parody be? Or what would the John Linnell parody be where he takes it someplace <laughs> very, very not kid appropriate? Um, but it's just a great song. No matter the subject, it is catchy as hell. It is a toe tapper. It is just undeniably, like, just loved by all ages. You see these adults covering it. They're all smiling. I, you know, I played it in a bar. I'm like, I don't care. There's no kids here, but this song is amazing. So 8.3 for sure. And everybody loves dinosaurs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, if dinosaurs were still around and they were, they were killing us instead of the coronavirus, maybe we wouldn't love them as much. But since there's, you know, like a a big separation between they lived and when we (laughs) lived, we can just like dream about them in this cool, like they're doing all this cool shit and they're killing other people on movies. You know, it's fine. I think part of the reason that people love it so much is because it is a declarative song. It is a statement about yourself. I am a paleontologist. Yeah. So it's like yes, it's like not not only do you love dinosaurs as a human as a person, but you are you are drawing a line in the sand and saying who you who you are, what you are, and uh, that's you know that I think is a common feature in a lot of songs that people get very jazzed up about, and sure. especially when it's something where it's like it's it's something positive, and I think everyone would love to say that they were a paleontologist. Yeah, and you know I do need to give credit to uh, Danny's kids. Um, who were, I believe, 8 and 10 when this came out. His son is now in college. I believe his daughter... Yeah, when I talked to him the first time, we talked about this, because when I show the video to my kids for the first time, so this was 11 years ago that this song came out, when I show it to my kids, as in my students, um, I'm like, those kids at the end that he's hugging, those are his actual kids. That's his son and daughter. And then every time I would play it, it would show <laughs> the final thing where he's hugging them, 
and it kind of just a little circular like old movie kind of fade the circle fade uh and they're like those are his kids i'm like i told you that like what are you they're like yelling <laughs> it to me like i don't know i'm like i'm gonna tell you that but they love it they're like because it gives them this feel of like you know i could be in a music video i could be a paleontologist i could be a musician like just like like you said this declarative thing like i'm a paleontologist and i'm proud of it i love digging in the dirt like this is what i love to do and I gotta give credit because they're they're credited on the wiki. Additional vocals. They're they're in, they're the ones that say Packy the Cephalosaurus, you know, and uh, you know. Oh wow! Yeah, that's them. It's Lena Weinkoff and Kai Weinkoff. Uh, so props to them. Uh, and you know, good luck with your studies. I can't remember. He think I think he told me what his. I don't know if his son had declared a major yet. I actually I can't remember. I should ask him about that, but I don't know if he's studying to be a paleontologist. <laughs> but he was so into dinosaurs, and that's why Danny wrote the song. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, our four-year-old daughter is so into dinosaurs that she wanted to have a dinosaur-themed birthday party at the Nature Center, yeah. which we have not broken to her will not be happening because of the coronavirus. When's, when's birthday? April 8th. Oh, bummer. I know. Yeah. A bunch of my students just said their music program's canceled. I actually totaled it up. Seven of my musical events uh, have been canceled. <laughs> We had an Earth Day program with the choirs. We we're gonna do Mammal. Uh, seems like seems like Earth is getting revenge right now. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping this is the plague to wipe out the conservatives who are just like, it's not real. It's fine. I'll go to the store. <laughs> hey, hey, old lady, cough directly into my mouth. I I just want to like you know cheat death, and then they die. And karma's a bitch. Fuck, this, and this, this, is, this podcast and this is, is getting why more I like, political. I like kids' music. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, this song is just right. This song is. It doesn't make you think of the coronavirus. It makes you think of just fun stuff. Just learning about history and animals that lived in the past in a really catchy way and singing along with it like it's your anthem. And it's a great song. And thank you, Denise, for picking it. <laughs> Um, I'm very tired, so I'll do my, my credits later and I'm going to have a bowl of fruity pebbles and go to bed. Cause I am a child Same. and I buy kids cereal. It's my dessert cereal is what I say. So thanks you too. Uh, uh, uh and, uh, thanks for having me on yours, uh, podcast as well. Everyone should check out, uh, parents just don't understand. You guys want to plug uh, anything else specifically about the podcast before we uh, officially end here? Um, tip everyone as much as you can right now. Including your yes. podcasters. No, I'm sure. Like, yes. <laughs> I've been saying to your podcasters. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I've been telling people <laughs> like, Hey, I got this, this Patreon, but like, I don't survive off of this. Right. You know, if you want, like I actually gave away a whole bunch of outdoor velour downloads, uh, yesterday and today. And I'm like, Hey, you guys need some entertainment. We don't need this money. The elms are paid for whatever, you know, CDs are one thing, you know, they cost us money to make them, but downloads just like, who wants one? First 10 people to comment on this, get a download. Here you go. We don't need this money. You know, car and I got jobs, all the rest of the band, we got other jobs. It's a, you know, it's a side hustle. Mm -hmm. We don't need the money. You know, give it to people that are making art for a living because that is especially hard right now. Yes. So, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Anywho, thanks again, you two, uh, Kurt, Denise. All right. Cheers. Thanks so much for having us on. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks for listening to This Might Be a Podcast. We uh, are doing a disclaimer now. We are not officially uh, associated with the band They Might Be Giants. I'm just uh, really in love with that band. So 
you could go to uh, thismightbeapodcast.com, thismightbeapodcast.bandcamp.com to hear a whole bunch of covers uh, by me and other people. Twitter at this might be a pod. We're on Facebook. You can email this might be a pod at Gmail. Uh, voicemail 224 801 2930. Peace out. Pachycephalosaurus. I am a paleontologist. That's who I am. And-